Imagine your new bathroom, a sparkling new tub, a modern shower conversion, a seamless new wall, all done in as little as a day. Introducing Bathfitter. Join over 2 million customers delighted with our one-of-a-kind remodeling process. No demolition, no mess. Guaranteed for life. Installed in as little as a day. Book a free in-home consultation at bathfitterpodcasts.com and get our best offer of the year right now. Bathfitter, 35 years of better bath remodels. How do you make a radio ad for an 8K TV that conveys the feeling of 33 million pixels with over a billion shades of color hitting your eyeballs? This is the best we can do. Samsung Neo QLED 8K. Unreasonably good. it again as if on cue they needed another reason to try to push the gun control gun confiscation agenda because they lost their uh, previous momentum with Uvalde and uh, so they decided well, they had to hit somewhere that uh, was unlikely to shoot back because, you see, we here in Texas are awake, fully awake now, and uh, we carry a lot. Um, and we're very likely to shoot back, and there are very few uh, departments in Texas that will be as uh, helpful as the Uvalde Police Department was uh, during that particular um, MK Ultra incident uh, that occurred there. So, yeah, uh, in Texas, for the most part, if we see somebody going around shooting the place up, we're going to shoot back. We're going to kill you dead. And uh, that's just it. And when the police come, they can clean up whatever's left. Uh, so... Uh, some points, uh, because the left is, uh, once again, you know, on this push for gun control uh, and using uh, a manufactured tragedy 
uh, to push it. And it is a manufactured tragedy. I have no doubt about that anymore. These mass shootings uh, just are, are way too convenient for the... Uh, Way too convenient for the left's purposes uh, politically to be anything but manufactured. So, uh, again, um, MK Ultra kind of situation, uh, quite certain. Uh, but the left's talking points don't change, um, and and most of the time. When we throw out our counterpoints, the people on the left are at least intelligent enough to keep their traps shut because they know that they are certainly not going to convince us to give up our guns here in the United States. But today, uh, I had three uh, moronic uh, liberals, which I'm sorry is redundant, um, actually come at me with largely the same talking points uh, when I pointed out uh, first that uh, guns do not kill people and that nobody, nobody, nobody in all of recorded history has ever been killed by a gun. I actually had a couple of them step up and try to say otherwise, and so I wanted to step in and uh, shoot that particular point down. Whereas they said uh, they said something along the lines of, "Well, if guns don't kill people, then uh, why do you want to keep them?" This is telling in, in multiple ways. First of all, uh, if the reason that we want to keep them is to protect ourselves from you liberals and your illegitimately imposed government, that's what we want our guns for. But it will still, when we use them to defend our lives from your side using yours to try to take our liberty and our lives, it will still not be the guns killing our enemies. It will be the well-placed shots, the shots that are well-placed by the people behind the guns that do the killing. As was so correctly pointed out in Full Metal Jacket, it is a hard heart that kills. But, let's take it a little bit further. As inanimate objects are incapable of acting of their own accord, Let's, let's say that they're not. Let's say that, that inanimate objects are actually capable of acting of their own accord. If you on the left are actually interested in saving lives 
and we'll get to that point in just a second, too. If you are actually interested in saving lives, which you are not, then we must first eliminate those things that are responsible for more deaths than firearms, exponentially so, those being baseball bats, tire irons, hammers, and knives. So let's ban all of those. By your logic, we are going to ban all of those first before we ban guns. If you can ban all of those things first before you ban, then, then I will be perfectly fine with talking about banning guns. Now to my central point about it being a hard heart that kills. And I pointed this out, and I have heard other fellow veterans point this out. I myself, and those who are trained like me and trained better than me, do not require a firearm to kill. We don't even require hammers or tire irons or baseball bats or knives. All we require is the ability to get within arm's reach of someone. That's it. You see, it is not the baseball bat, the hammer, the knife, the gun that is the weapon. It is we who are the weapons. Okay? So, that point is now out of the way. The next point is that liberals are not interested in saving lives. I say again, they are not interested in saving lives. As a matter of fact, liberals are never, ever, ever altruistic in their motives. Ever. They are not interested in saving lives because they are pro-genocide. And they have been for their entire history. They have been eugenicists. They have felt that there are inferior races that need to be destroyed. This is what Margaret Sanger, the founder of Planned Parenthood, created Planned Parenthood for. And if you are in support of murdering children, you have zero, you have zero business talking about the sanctity of life in any other arena, in any other debate. But Doc, but Doc, but Doc, you might say, you can't say that you're pro-life and at the same time be pro-death penalty. Oh, you've got me there. No, you don't. And let me explain why. You, people, cannot be pro-life as far as uh, anti-death penalty. You cannot be anti-death penalty 
and pro-abortion and be morally consistent. We can be pro-life and pro-death penalty and be morally consistent. And let me explain to you why. Because you liberals are constantly 180 degrees out of phase with reality and morality. You see, we pro-life, pro-death penalty conservatives are capable of morally differentiating between a child who has done nothing in their lives, their very short lives, and a criminal, a murderer, a rapist, a child molester, we are capable of morally differentiating between babies and criminals. You are so backwards that you believe it is the babies who deserve to die for inconveniencing their mother who is responsible for their existence in the first place, while at the same time being sympathetic to murderers, child molesters, and rapists. Why? Well, because you are at heart murderers. To quote Jesus, you are of your father Satan, who was a murderer from the beginning and a liar. Liberalism is Satanism. Now, on to another point that uh, was brought up by the liberals who were uh, coming after me, if I can remember it now. It was a really dumb point. It had something to do with... Oh, yes! I stated that uh, criminals do not obey laws. So gun control laws are not going to stop criminals from shooting people up. They're not. And these moronic liberals, and, and this is why I think they're all on a memo. They're sharing notes. They get together. They find somebody like myself or another conservative, and they contact a few of their friends and say, let's gang up on this guy on Twitter. And then they share notes to make sure that they're all on the same page. By the way, you moronic, idiotic liberals, we can spot this from a mile away. And just because a plurality of you say something doesn't make it right. Okay? That is 
the logical, that is a logical fallacy. And it is called argumentum ad populum. And your mother warned you about this when you were a child. You just didn't listen. Just because all of your buddies are saying something stupid doesn't mean you should too. And it doesn't make it right. So anyway, had three of them come along and say, well, that's just stupid. What you just said is stupid. And yes, they lisped exactly like that. I could hear their lisps on Twitter. And they said, that's just stupid. By your logic, your stupid logic, one guy actually said your stupid logic or your dumb logic, I think it might have been, then we shouldn't have laws against murder and rape, both of which you liberals support, by the way. Just putting that out there. But anyway, let's get to the crooks of that stupid argument. You see, murder and rape and child molestation are all wrong by their very nature. The legal term is mala in se. By its very nature, it is evil. We do not require laws to tell us that those things are evil. We know that they are evil. And the reason that we know they are evil is because also, as the Bible puts it, the law has been written on our hearts. Not a law, the law. We know that these things are wrong without laws. We know that they should be stopped and punished without the need for laws. So your argument is moot. It is pointless. Because murder and rape and child molestation are mala in se, evil in their very nature. So we do not need laws to tell us what is wrong and what is right. We do not require them to do that. And something else that I'm going to put out, uh, point out that the Bible also points out, the Apostle Paul in this particular case, points out that laws do not make people righteous. In other words, laws do not prevent crime. That is not their purpose. Their purpose is to codify what is right and wrong and, more importantly, the punishment for violating or doing what is wrong. But didn't you just say that we don't need laws to tell us what's wrong and right? Yes, I did. 
But we do need laws that we all agree on. Tired of long waits and rushed care at the ER and urgent care clinic? Next time, stay home and let Dispatch Health bring the power of the hospital to you. I call Dispatch Health. A care team of medical professionals actually come to your house. They're the same caliber of people that you would see if you were at a hospital or an urgent care. Dispatch Health can treat most non-life-threatening emergencies. They can do the x-rays, they can do stitches. Urinary tract infections, blood tests, urinalysis, ultrasound. It's almost everything that they can do at the ER. You never feel rushed. They're there for you and only you. I felt like their only patient. And it costs no more than a trip to urgent care because Dispatch Health is covered by most insurance, including Medicare. See if we serve your home at DispatchHealth.com. Dispatch Health really went above and beyond. It's wonderful to have care come to your home. House calls are back, and they're better than ever. Learn more at DispatchHealth.com. Tired of long waits and rushed care at the ER and urgent care clinic? Next time, stay home and let Dispatch Health bring the power of the hospital to you. I call Dispatch Health. A care team of medical professionals actually come to your house. They're the same caliber of people that you would see if you were at a hospital or an urgent care. Dispatch Health can treat most non-life-threatening emergencies. They can do the x-rays, they can do stitches. Urinary tract infections, blood tests, urinalysis, ultrasound. It's almost everything that they can do at the ER. You never feel rushed. They're there for you and only you. I felt like their only patient. And it costs no more than a trip to urgent care because Dispatch Health is covered by most insurance, including Medicare. See if we serve your home at DispatchHealth.com. Dispatch Health really went above and beyond. It's wonderful to have care come to your home. House calls are back and they're better than ever. Learn more at DispatchHealth.com that say, yes, this is wrong. When somebody comes along and says, well, it wasn't my fault, it's not wrong. And where does it say that this is wrong? It says it right there. Now, you know it's wrong. You knew it was wrong when you did it. But you still did it. And it was your intention to come out and say, well, we don't know. We can't. Where is it written that it's wrong? Well, it's written here. Not only is it written here that it's wrong, but it's also written here what we're going to do to you because you did it. So, we got that out of the way. Those two arguments such as they were against my points. I'm going to now point out my points. One, no one has ever in recorded history been killed by a gun or a knife or a baseball bat or a hammer or any other inanimate object. Number two, inanimate objects do not in and of themselves have moral value. They do not. So guns cannot be Evil. Money cannot be evil. But, but, Doc, it says in the Bible, you're such a fan of the Bible, it says that money is the root of all evil. No, it does not say that in the Bible anywhere. It says the love of money is the root of all evil. The intent is in here. It is the intent, the desire that makes it evil. 
It is your desires that make you evil. So, again, inanimate objects do not have any moral value intrinsically. It's a fact. Laws do not prevent crime. As a matter of fact, this is something that the left does very frequently. What they do is they will, and I'm sure that there's a term for this that I am currently forgetting, but what they will do is they will say, well, see, this doesn't work because it doesn't do this. Like they'll say that the death penalty doesn't work because it doesn't, it doesn't uh, uh, discourage other people from committing crimes. First of all, I'm pretty sure that's not true. And, but second of all, it discourages the guy that got the death penalty. They're never going to commit another crime again, ever. So I guess it does work. Because that's what it was intended to do. That's just like saying that my car doesn't work because it doesn't fly. It's not what it was designed for. Laws were not designed to prevent crime. They were designed to codify punishment for crime. That's what laws are for. Okay, so laws do not stop crime. Evil people commit crimes. Evil people kill people. And people are evil to their very rotten little cores. And yes, folks, that includes me, too. People are not basically good. They're not. This is another liberal lie that runs 180 degrees counter to reality and the Bible. But I, again, am being redundant. People are born sinful with a sin nature. But, Doc, didn't you just say that Babies were innocent? No, I didn't say that babies were innocent. I said they hadn't done anything yet. Certainly, they haven't done anything to deserve death. Whereas murderers and rapists and child molesters absolutely have. Look at any liberal so-called argument. And behind it, you will find a belief system that is diametrically opposed, polar opposite of reality. Biblical Christian reality. 
and by the way, and I was going to get into this in what I intended the third segment to be for the July 4th weekend show. So I'll get into it here for a little bit because, and I'm probably going to repeat this multiple times just so that everybody knows what we're talking about here. Um, fact is that I'm going to define what, what is Christianity. Okay, I am a Christian. I am a Bible-believing Christian. And when I say Bible-believing, what I mean is I believe what is written in the Bible. And that's it. As far as foundational reality is concerned. That is where my philosophy is based. And the reason my philosophy is based there is because I have seen enough evidence. Yes, I said evidence to support it. So, when I make my arguments there from a biblical point of view, now, I am not part of any Christian denomination in that I do not buy into the various idiosyncrasies of certain belief systems that separate one group of Christians from another. If in your so-called church you have belief systems that you hold up as equal to or even greater than what is written in accepted biblical scripture, that you consider to be equal to or greater than what is in those 66 books, then you might not be a Christian. If you believe that you are or that you receive salvation in any other way, than simply believing in Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, then you might not be a Christian. You will especially be surprised if you believe in Christ and insert something else you have to do or not do here to be saved. So anyway, when my arguments come, they are generally coming from a biblical belief system. And I will frequently mention the Bible. And I may even do a little preaching like I used to at my church. But I guarantee you, knowing what I know about Christianity and the Bible, and that comes after almost 30 years of reading and studying, more to the point, studying Scripture. And also, even longer than that, studying human behavior and liberalism, I know 
what these other belief systems are about. I know what so-called liberalism is about and all its different things because I've read Marx and Engels. I've read Alinsky. I've read all kinds of books that are counter to my belief system. The reason that I do that is so that I can understand where they're coming from. And who knows, I might just learn something by reading some other types of philosophies. I'm not afraid of other viewpoints. I just haven't found any that trump the Bible in any way. So that's why I'm still a Christian. But I'm always open to a good argument. If you think you've got one, send it. Because I'm always open to learning something new. Anyway, this has become the unintentional third segment of the July 4th weekend show. Happy Patriot Month. Happy Freedom Month. Happy Liberty Month. To all of my fellow Americans out there, all of you who value those things, and more to the point, my brothers and sisters who fought and sacrificed for those things. You guys take care of yourselves, and I will talk at you later. familiar with that name. Eric July is an entrepreneur and an expert, or at least as close as I have ever seen, on the subject of comic books. 
this guy has forgotten more about comics than I will ever know. Of course, in my case, that's not saying a whole lot. But uh, Eric July, a fellow Texan, I might add, is releasing his own comic book series called the Ripa Verse. The reason it is called the Ripa Verse is because his nom de plume is young Ripa. And he has single handedly embarrassed and panicked not only the establishment comic book institutions in the big two, both DC and Marvel, but also apparently the film industry is taking notice. And the woke executives, the woke leadership of both of those industries, both the comic book and movie industries, are not only scared, but they are also, because of their fear, publicly and privately disparaging the man. Now, I know that this will come as no surprise that these woke, liberal, undoubtedly Democrats are threatened by a black man, another black man, a successful black man, who has left their plantation. And Eric has done so in spectacular style. Reports from Hollywood insiders, as reported by Overlord DVD on YouTube. Reports are that these woke executives are worried because this is indeed a threat to their company, as, as if they haven't been crashing and burning over the past couple of years. Now there are independent creators like Eric July, like the Daily Wire, who are not only doing their own thing, but doing it in spectacularly successful style. See, Eric not only created his own comic book universe, and not multiverse, by the way. It is a contiguous universe. He not only created his own universe, he created it and funded it via crowdfunding. But he not only did it via crowdfunding, he did it through his own crowdfunding so that he couldn't be deplatformed by the likes of the woke GoFundMe, which is an organization that I would never use 
if I were to ever use crowdfunding, which I do not currently do. But at any rate, so he raised his own money. And within this, this is how successful this has been within, I believe it was five days, certainly within seven days, he raised well over $2.5 million. $2.5 million for this independent comic book uh, series. Now, you can find this independent comic book series on Ripaverse.com. That's R-I-P-P-A-V-E-R-S-E dot com. And they have a really, uh, a really cool setup here. They have, let's see, you can order... And by the way, this I'm I'm not monetized by him. He's not paying me a thing. I just think that this is so cool and so awesome, and he's a fellow Texan, that I'm just putting this out here for everybody. So the first issue has three different covers, Alpha, Bravo, and Charlie, three different covers. Tired of long waits and rushed care at the ER and urgent care clinic? Next time, stay home and let Dispatch Health bring the power of the hospital to you. I call Dispatch Health. A care team of medical professionals actually come to your house. They're the same caliber of people that you would see if you were at a hospital or an urgent care. Dispatch Health can treat most non-life-threatening emergencies. They can do the x-rays, they can do stitches. Urinary tract infections, blood tests, urinalysis, ultrasound. It's almost everything that they can do at the ER. You never feel rushed. They're there for you and only you. I felt like their only patient. And it costs no more than a trip to urgent care because Dispatch Health is covered by most insurance, including Medicare. See if we serve your home at DispatchHealth.com. Dispatch Health really went above and beyond. It's wonderful to have care come to your home. House calls are back, and they're better than ever. Learn more at DispatchHealth.com. He also has ball caps, posters, T-shirts. You can order signed versions or signed uh, books up till I believe the you can order signed books up to the uh, I think it's actually today I think today was the cutoff I might be wrong uh, there are trading cards uh, and then you can order any combination or several different combinations of uh, all of the items available now and this isn't just a regular old comic book Folks, this is a 96-page book, so this falls into the category of a graphic novel. So, now, like I said, he knows just tons and tons about comic books. He's a he's a big comic book fan. Uh, I was a comic book fan when I was a kid, um, and but but. You know, I don't read any of the new comic books because they're all woke garbage. All right. But like the 
during the late 70s and uh, early 80s to through mid-80s, I suppose, is uh, uh, when I was into comics. And, you know, I was, I was into some of the, the more obscure ones, um, like, uh, Iron Fist, um, let's see, uh, Moon Knight, uh, these are, uh, these are, uh, comics which, uh, Marvel has had absolutely no problem bastardizing and completely destroying, uh, in the name of Wokeness. Uh, via Disney, um, but I, I'm again. I like the original stuff uh, from from back in the day. Uh, but yeah, so uh, Fantastic Four, Spider Man, of course, everybody likes Spider Man. There, I don't think is a human being on the face of the planet who doesn't like Spider Man. Um, and I, I had my DC guys too. I liked uh, Batman was my absolute favorite, but he's everybody's favorite. Um, and, uh, Aquaman. I liked Aquaman. Never liked The Flash, never read The Flash. Certainly don't like Ezra Miller. And, uh, but, uh, rumor has it that he might actually be replaced. Uh, they might have to reshoot that entire film, folks. That's, now, they're, they're doing everything they can to avoid it, but rumor has it that... If anything more negative comes out about Ezra Miller, and I don't know how much more negative you can get with uh, uh, hiding from the police, kidnapping, and possibly even starting a cult. Uh, but yeah, if, if one more bad thing comes out about him, they have not ruled out reshooting the Flash movie, which has yet to be released. Uh, they're, they're really painted into a corner on that one, by the way. They're painted into a corner on that one, uh, Warner Brothers is. Because uh, it cost them several million dollars to, uh, I don't know how many, I think it's $200 million to shoot the film. And they have to release it in theaters. Otherwise, they don't even have a hope of recouping even some of the money that they spent on it, but with all the bad press that Ezra Miller has gotten, they, uh, you know, they might not recoup hardly anything, but, but again, they, they have to at least give it a shot in theaters. They can't just put it out on HBO Max. Uh, so, um, even though Warner Brothers is, uh, turning around, under the uh, leadership of David Zaslow, or Zaslow, or however you pronounce it, um, they're they're in some trouble with that one. They are apparently going to. They have apparently recast Amber Heard's character for uh, Aquaman two, and will be reshooting the scenes that she was in. But that's not a big deal because apparently she was only in about twenty minutes of the film, so that's that's not a huge deal. That'll be. Uh, very doable, but I don't know what they're going to do with, uh, with the flash. Um, but yeah, so, uh, I, I, I knew a little bit, but I am definitely, uh, I've already ordered, uh, all three covers of the, uh, of the book and, uh, cannot wait 
to get them. Can't wait to read the first story. I'm actually nervous about reading the first story because if it's good, which I'm sure it will be, you know, I don't know how long it's going to be before book two comes out. But then again, uh, he, okay, the total right now, I'm looking at it right now. Uh, the, the total that they've gotten is, uh, $2,865,952.38. Their initial campaign goal was $100,000, which means they have raised... Two thousand eight hundred and sixty-six percent of their revenue goals, with a total of thirty-two thousand and three purchasers. I am happily and proudly one of those. So, if you are a comic book fan, I would strongly recommend giving Isom. A shot. Isom is the is the name of the character, uh, the the hero in uh, this first book, by or in the Ripaverse. So yeah, definitely want to check him and that out. Now I would like to jump to a very disturbing story coming out of Boston, Boston. This story out of Baston is very disturbing, but it is further proof, it is further proof that the Democrats, specifically the liberal globalists, regardless of what party they belong to, are at war openly at war with we, the people of the United States. This is from the Gateway Pundit, Dateline, July 19th, 2022. The headline reads, Under the guise of learning English, Boston High School teaches newly immigrated students that physical violence and political assassinations are a legitimate form of Quote, resisting oppression, end quote. <sighs> there you go. I mean, I, I don't know what more needs to be said, honestly, but we'll read it anyway. The radical left has made its agenda crystal clear when it comes to education. If the classroom isn't being used to groom children with Marxist sexual ideology... It is used as a breeding ground to train radical, obedient activists that can be used as foot soldiers. In the last segment, I stated that in absolutely every single Marxist revolution in history, the people responsible for keeping the Marxist law on the ground, on the street, were criminals. Criminals are their foot soldiers. Street thugs, street gangs are their foot soldiers. And this is just them 
breeding more. This is part of their agenda. This is how they make their army. This is how they create their radicals. Now, as we'll find out in just a little bit, they're using foreign students who are new to the country. Foreign students for whom political violence is not foreign. Because they can't successfully educate American students to do this en masse. They've tried. They've tried, and what they have, what the results of that have been is the Occupy Wall Street movement and the Antifa and BLM movements, none of which are in any way, shape, or form an actual threat to the Constitution of the United States or the people of the United States. They're a joke. The very second that they experience resistance, they crumble and fall. However, if they can bring in enough people like, say, I don't know, military-aged young men from across our southern border or from across the sea, from places like Afghanistan and Iraq, you know, vacation spots such as that. If they can bring military-aged young men into the United States like that, well, then they might just have a shot. Well, at least that's what they think. The fact of the matter is, they do not have a shot, no matter how many they bring in, and I also brought that up, and I also mentioned that in the previous segment, uh, because the number of gun owners in the United States is so large that it makes the people of the, the gun-owning people of the United States the largest standing army in the world. So regardless of how many thugs they are importing, it still won't be enough. It will maybe make their attempt at revolution last a little bit longer, but they will not win. And the only places that they will be able to hold are places that they currently hold anyway. So, yeah, that's just not going to happen. It's not going to work. However, the very fact that they are teaching this kind of thing in public schools, the very fact that they are indeed importing military-aged men into the United States via the southern border and also via their quote-unquote refugee programs from Afghanistan, etc. at all, proves that their intent is to violently overthrow the real government of the United States, that being we the people. That is their intent. Their intent is to violently overthrow the people of the United States. This goes right along with Mao Zedong 
in his book on guerrilla warfare, where he states that when political or when 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 revolution via normal political means fails, then the true revolutionary must resort to violence. Now, this isn't just uh, uh, Mao Zedong alone. This isn't just Mao. This is any Marxist. Every Marxist has said this. They they have to resort to violence. They have to resort to violence because their ideas suck so badly. They have no other choice. Let's go a little bit further down here. One high school in Boston may have just taken the cake for the most radical form of indoctrination to date. Classroom materials from Charlestown High School's Sheltered English Immersion, SEI, learning program surfaced this week, showing the school is teaching foreign-born ninth and 10th grade students that political violence and assassination are legitimate forms of action as part of the process of learning English. According to the Epoch Times, which found the downloadable documents from the Boston Teachers Union website, the discovery has sparked fears that some teachers are indoctrinating these newly arrived foreign-born children to incite violence whenever there is, quote, perceived, end quote, oppression. And, of course, the definition of the term oppression is like any of the terms that they use. It can mean anything at any time. It, it, can, it means whatever they need it to mean at any given time. Same as the word racist, same as the word woman, any of the terms that the left uses. They don't have a real definition. This, by the way, goes back to the uh, linguistic philosophy of deconstructionism. Deconstructionism, at its the the general gist of deconstructionism is that there are some concepts that language is uh, that are that are so complicated some concepts that are so complicated that language cannot uh cannot express them adequately in other words in more simpler terms words don't really mean things or words can mean anything that we want them to mean and that's that i mean the the first time that we really saw this uh used in in uh on 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 TV actually was when Bill Clinton said it all depends on what the meaning of is is and it's also the reason why so many liberals have fallen to me in debate because I will ask them I've been asking liberals for decades now well not decades but at least yeah yeah decades at least two, two decades, three decades, I've been asking them what the definition of racism is or racist 
whenever they accuse me of being racist, I, I ask them, I say, well, wait a minute, just so that we're on the same page, what does racist mean? And they never, ever, ever, I haven't found one that can answer the question yet. And of course, then most recently we had, uh, was it Knowles? Is it Michael Knowles? One of the guys from the Daily Wire uh, who was asking, uh, released a film called What is a Woman? Uh, and and they will not give you an answer. I asked somebody that once, and they said a woman is whoever defines themselves uh, or whoever identifies themselves as a woman. And well, I'm like, well, that's like saying that, oh, the definition of cheese is uh, anything that's a cheese. What constitutes a woman? Of course, the answer within reality is an adult, female, human. An adult, human, with the secondary sex characteristics, like a uterus and a vagina and breasts, that functioning breasts. More scientifically, someone with XX sexual chromosomes. But you won't get that from the left. And that's the way you take out any leftist, by the way. If you're debating them, find out what term their argument centers around and ask them to define that term. They never will. They absolutely never will. I think in the entire time I've been debating liberals, and again, we're talking 30 years, only two have ever actually defined the terms that I've asked them to define. That's only twice in 30 years. So I can almost guarantee 99.99999% of the time, if you ask them to define whatever term is the linchpin of their argument, they won't do it. They will turn tail and run. Actually, the first thing they'll do is they'll try to, uh, uh, they'll, they'll try to go off on a tangent. You have to keep them, you have to keep them on point. Don't let them go off on a tangent. They'll try to go off on a tangent. You go right back and say, no, 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 let's, let's finish this. You, you tell me what is the definition of this thing. After about 15 posts, they'll say, well, I already told you. And I'm not going to tell you again. And then when they do that, they, they've already lost. They've already lost. It's over. Anyway. So here we have them, the linchpin of this argument, the linchpin that allows them to use violence is oppression. The, quote, classroom files, end quote, of three of Charleston's SEI teachers, Katie Lee, Caitlin Castillejo, 
and Caroline Smith include, quote, notes and assignments around oppression, resistance, and narrative structure, end quote, as well as many, quote, detailed note-taking sheets and PowerPoints on institutional, interpersonal, and internalized oppression, end quote, all of which can be downloaded from BTU's website here. It says here, by the way, again, this is uh, the Gateway Pundit. You can find the story on the Gateway Pundit, but I will bet dollars to donuts that you will not be able to find those documents anymore on BTU's website. I'm quite certain they've already been scrubbed. As a matter of fact, let's see. Let's check. All right. It's gone, ladies and gentlemen. It's gone. They are no longer available. What you get instead is not found. Error 404, the page you are looking for, no longer exists. Why? Because they took it down because they got caught. I'm hoping that they archived this stuff. But there you go, folks. There you go. They're trying and failing to create an army such that they can violently overthrow we the people of the United States, the rightful government of the United States, per the founding documents, per the Constitution. And like I said, they will fail they will fail. And and I've, you know, for a while there, I thought, no. No, we're not, this isn't going to come to, this isn't going to come to violence or, or this isn't going to come to open civil war. But now I'm not so sure. Now I'm not so sure. I think they're going to force the issue. I think it is going to come. I don't think it's going to be widespread because technically it's already started. The United States, by definition of the term, is in a state of civil strife. Civil strife is the, is the status that exists before civil war. But we are technically in a state of civil strife. There is no doubt that there is a polarization. The situation exists such that, however, the left, the hardcore Marxist left, really only makes up, I would think, about, well, less than a quarter of the population of the United States. There just aren't enough of them. And even with the numbers that they are importing into the United States, there still aren't enough of them to overthrow we the people. Like I said, they may try. They've already started in places like Portland, in places like Seattle, and they've been going at it for decades in places like Detroit, Chicago, Los Angeles, New York, New Orleans, and other various Democrat excrement holes. 
but I just don't think they're going to be able to pull it off. I know they're not going to be able to pull it off. But if you are a leftist and you're listening to this and you're a hardcore Marxist and you're a hardcore globalist, don't, don't despair. Don't despair that your Great Reset is failing worldwide and is destined to fail because the United States will not fall. And if the United States does not fall, then the Great Reset is doomed to failure. Don't let that discourage you because I promise you, I can guarantee this 100%. You will have the two things that you desire most. I don't know when it's going to happen, but I guarantee you, I promise you, it is going to happen. You will have the two things that you long for more than anything else in the world. You will have a world without God. And you will have a one-world government. I promise you, it's going to happen. It just ain't going to happen yet. It's not going to happen anytime soon, especially based on what I've been seeing. It's not going to happen anytime soon. What am I talking about? I am talking about the period of time known as the Tribulation. But I'm not going to get into that. You, and and your, your utopia is going to last all of seven years. For the first three and a half years, it'll be halfway kind of all right. Halfway kind of decent. Last three and a half years are going to be a real bitch. But that's not something that I, or any other Christian currently on the planet are going to have to worry about. But like I said, you guys do you. You do you. You stick with this utopian ideal. Stick with it. Absolutely stick with it. I'll be praying for you. Other people will be praying for you. But if you've got your mind made up, you stick with it. And I promise you, you will get to your goal of a world without God and a globalist, a global world government. I promise it'll happen. For the rest of us, well, I'm afraid we're going to have to miss that particular party.
it again, or as I should say, they are still at it. Ladies and gentlemen, there is no question, absolutely zero question whatsoever as to the intent of the Democrat Party specifically and the globalist liberals in general. And by globalist liberals, I am also speaking about rhinos. And by rhinos, I am actually saying Diablos, or Democrats in all but label. Democrat plants, as they have most accurately been referred to by our former President Trump. When your government tells you that you do not need the ability to defend yourself, when they tell you we will defend you, when they say that you do not have the right to defend yourself, what they are saying in all of those instances is you may not defend yourself against us. You may not defend yourself against the government. Just like Trudeau, when he said that Canadian citizens do not have the right to defend themselves, he meant against their government. Folks, this is typical of every single solitary communist takeover of every single country in all of recorded history. They seek to disarm the populace and they use criminal gangs to maintain control at the street level. You don't have a whole lot of cops, but you there are always tons and tons and tons of criminals. And look at the Democrat Party. Look at who they support. Look at who is ruling the streets in Democrat-run cities. Chicago, Los Angeles, Detroit, New York City. New Orleans, Washington, D.C. Those streets are not controlled by the people. Those streets are controlled by criminals. And ladies and gentlemen, the Democrat Party of the United States is a criminal syndicate, an organized criminal syndicate, and they are prosecuting a war against we, the people of the United States of America. And they want to take our guns. And they want to take our guns so that they can enforce their will on us.
There's no two ways about this. They have used for decades, maybe even centuries, they have used the same arguments for taking guns away from the people. The arguments never change. And the reason that the arguments never change is because they are lies. They are absolute lies. When the Democrats talk about, oh, we want to, we care about saving lives of innocent people, or as in the Uvalde school shooting, oh, the lives of the children, they do not give two shakes of a lamb's tail about the lives of children. These are people that celebrate the murder, the genocide of babies. These are the kind of people who were dancing outside the Supreme Court, shouting at the top of their lungs, we love killing babies. They don't care about the lives of children. They don't care about your life. The only thing, the only thing, the only thing they care about, ladies and gentlemen, is their power. That is all. Nothing more. Nothing less. They want complete and total power over this country and over you. And I hate to say it, But what is happening here in the United States is just a microcosm of what is happening all over the rest of the world, except throughout the rest of the world, they have largely attained their goals when it comes to gun control. This is why the government of Australia was able to round up law-abiding citizens and throw them into concentration camps. It was a dry run. Just to see if it could be done. And guess what? In Australia, it can. This is what Trudeau is trying to achieve in Canada. And if he can, he will. The Canadian people are in big trouble. They're in some serious trouble if they don't start seriously standing up for their rights, they will lose them. And ladies and gentlemen, that's the goal here in the United States. The only difference between the United States and everywhere else in the world, well not everywhere else. There is Finland where everybody has a gun. I believe they're required to own guns. And they're free. Where people have guns, they are free. Now again, the Democrats have used 
all of their arguments over and over and over again, and they're still using the same ones. They're rehashing them, some of them. But I want to take out their core arguments, the core of their arguments, the first very central core of their gun control argument is that guns are responsible for deaths. Ladies and gentlemen, uh. guns are not responsible for death. And again, the arguments that we use against their arguments have also been used multiple times. If guns cause deaths, then forks and spoons cause obesity. Then cars cause drunk driving. None of this is true. None of this is logical. But let me tell you, folks. Let me tell you, and you know I'm going to do this. I'm going to bring it back to the Bible. Back to the Bible. If you believe that an inanimate object has intrinsic moral value, if you believe that an inanimate object has the ability in and of itself to act, if you believe that it has the ability to imbue a human being with evil thoughts that create evil actions, then you are no different, no different from a savage that worships an idol made out of rock or stone. There is no difference. All you're doing is you are looking at a gun and you are saying that it is an evil god, that the gun itself is demonic. That's idol worship. That is idol worship. If you see guns as evil in and of themselves, then that is idol worship. And what of the other weapons that are used in murder in the United States? What of knives? Are knives evil? You will recall not too long ago in the United Kingdom because of Wahhabist Muslims who had emigrated into the UK, there was a large rash of stabbings. And the government of the UK answered this rash of crime instead of going after the people who did it 
They were asking people to turn in their knives. Now, I've got to ask you, folks, how freaking stupid can you get? You're blaming an inanimate object for the evil that is within the human heart. Evil that has been within the human heart from almost the beginning of time. Certainly since the fall of man. As human beings, we are born with a rebellious sinful nature. We have also, as human beings, the ability and the choice as to whether or not we will indulge our sinful desires. from a second-to-second, minute-to-minute, hour-to-hour, day-to-day, etc., etc. We have the ability to make that kind of a choice. And folks, these people who have committed these mass shootings have made the wrong choice. Now, certainly in some cases, these people have been severely damaged by life, but still they have the choice as to whether or not they are going to indulge their sinful desires. Were they abused by their parents? Were they sexually abused as children? They still have the ability to decide whether or not they are going to indulge their sinful desires by killing people. Even if they are severely depressed, suffer from PTSD, they still have the choice. You see, there's a reason why the insanity defense is very, very difficult to use. And that is because you have to be able to prove that the person claiming insanity actually was incapable of telling the difference between right and wrong. Now, this is just me, but I don't believe such a person exists. I do not believe that there is now has been in the past or will be in the future a human being 
completely incapable of distinguishing between right and wrong. Not naturally, anyway. I mean, perhaps there's some kind of damage that can be done to the brain through trauma, physical trauma, that could dislodge the part of the brain or separate the part of the brain or damage the part of the brain that is theoretically the part that distinguishes between right and wrong. But then again, I don't even know that it's a matter of the brain. Once again, speaking from a Christian point of view, the Bible states very clearly that the law of God is written on all of our hearts. We know what's right. We know what's wrong. And we have the right and the decision, or the ability and the decision, to choose what side we're going to pick. Again, on a on a second by second to day by day, year by year basis. So no, guns don't cause deaths. What causes death is the sinful nature, the evil that lays within every single human being's heart. This is one of the dichotomies, and uh, another dichotomy that lies within the uh, leftist philosophy. They claim that all humans are basically good, but that society damages them and turns them to evil. Well, Here's a question for you. If all human beings are basically good, how can a society made up of basically good human beings be evil? How, how can that be? Now I have here in front of me three different Breitbart headlines with regards to gun control. First one says, Highland Park Mayor says armed good guy could not have stopped rampage in Highland Park. Slash, but Indiana hero stopped shooter in 15 seconds. We're going to get back to this one. I want to get back to this one because this is this highlights another biblical principle that I want to talk about. Let's go to this one here. Democrat Senator Dick Durbin, quote, time to name and shame, end quote, AR-15 makers. Senator Dick Durbin, Democrat, Illinois, said it is time to name and shame AR-15 makers during open comments Wednesday for the Senate Judiciary Committee hearings on assault weapons. Stop. 
There is no such thing as an assault weapon, or rather, all weapons are assault weapons, or even more, rather, the person is the weapon. What they use to harm other people is merely a tool. Okay? Again, hammers do not drive nails. Baseball bats do not hit home runs. Golf clubs do not hit holes in one. And none of those items have ever killed anybody. As I have frequently also said, never in all of human history has a gun killed anyone, ever. But notice what they're doing here is they are going after the manufacturers. They're, they're trying to hit this from every possible angle they can. They try to go after the... Law, the guns that are owned by law-abiding citizens, they try to go after the manufacturers of the guns to prevent supply of the guns. They also try to go after the manufacturers of the ammunition and the ammunition so that the guns cannot function. Heck, next thing you know, they're going to go after gun cleaning supplies. It's half a joke, but don't be surprised if it happens or if they suggest it. The reason they don't want you to have guns is so that you cannot defend yourself against them. That is all. Guns are used more often in this country to defend life than they ever have been used to take it. Now, one of the terms that they use, as a matter of fact, here's the... Durbin claimed there have been, quote, 309 mass shootings, end quote. He has absolutely no basis. That number has no basis in fact. Something that is very frequent of a politician, regardless of their political stripe most of the time, is that the numbers that they use are completely made up. I saw a meme that I liked once a long time ago that said... Studies show that 76% of statistics used are made up on the spot. And that's certainly the case for politicians. 309 mass shootings. There's no freaking way there have been 309 mass shootings in the United States this year. Not possible. No way. Hasn't happened. No. Unless they want to redefine the term mass shooting. It's just not the case. I defy anyone to find 309 headlines that show a single shooter going into a building and shooting, a whole, uh, shooting up a whole bunch of people. You're not going to do it. You can't do it. There aren't, it's just not, it's not the case. My guess is what he is using for these numbers 
is any criminal activity involving a gun that also involved two or more victims. That's my guess. Now, if you're talking about gun homicides, then I would believe that number 100% for a three-month period of time in Detroit. Absolutely. Then Durbin goes on to bemoan the fact that this is the 10th hearing the Senate Judiciary Committee has held on this particular subject. And he criticized laws that allow 18-year-olds to buy AR-15s. That means he's criticizing the Second Amendment to the Constitution of the United States. An AR-15 is no different from any other rifle out there. The only possible difference is that it's black. And maybe that's why the Democrats don't like them, because the guns are black. Quote, why are these killing machines flying off the shelves after they were banned for a decade until 2004? End quote. That also is not true. That also is not true. This is another thing you'll see with the Democrats, too. They will say, well, and politicians in general for the most part, but they will say anything that will make their point. Doesn't matter if it's true. They're going to say whatever they can say to try to make their point. He goes on, maybe it's the ads that market the, quote, assault weapons, unquote, symbols of independence, freedom, or, or the promise that owning an AR-15 style gun will make you more of a man. Stop right there. I know plenty that here we go again. The misogynist Democrats. I know plenty of women. Who own AR-15s, and other rifles, and other types of guns. This, again, has absolutely nothing to do with the fact that guns don't kill people. He can't even make that point. Even when he says there have been 309 mass shootings, which they have redefined the term mass shooting, obviously. Okay, that's shootings. How many, how many dead? So they're even skirting the death issue here. Just the very use of a weapon, just the firing of a weapon. Heck, this 309 mass shootings, he could be talking about people firing off guns at gun ranges. Oh, there were, you know, a hundred people at this gun range on this particular weekend, and there were a bunch of guns that were fired. That's a mass shooting. I mean, who knows how he came up with that number? I can tell you for a fact, though, it wasn't 309 dead people. 
But still, that doesn't address the fact that the guns didn't kill anybody. It was the criminals behind the guns that were pulling the triggers that did it. I continue, or could it be the enticing prospect of toting around the same style weapon that soldiers and marines use to defend our country in combat? Stop right there. Soldiers and marines do not use AR-15s. I want to say this again. Soldiers and marines do not use AR-15s in combat. They use M-16s. Different rifle. Look the same, also black. Different weapon. But that's still, as a matter of fact, he's shooting himself in the foot, so to speak, right there. One minute, he's making it sound like the idea that the guns are symbols of independence and freedom is a lie. And then in the same statement, he talks about how that style of weapon is used by soldiers and marines to protect our independence and freedom. Which one is it? Well, once again, I will also tell you that not a single gun has ever defended our independence and freedom. It is the soldiers, sailors, marines, and airmen who have done it. It's not the gun. And then he claims that the gun manufacturers are using marketing tactics to, to sell their weapons. Ladies and gentlemen, when was the last time you saw a gun advertisement on TV? Or, since we don't watch TV that much anymore, if at all, on your streaming service. When was the last time you saw a commercial for a gun? Unless you watch outdoor television, you haven't. It doesn't exist. He is making all of this up from whole cloth, from the number of mass shootings that he claims has happened in the United States this year, all the way to the, the commercials that he says are being produced by Mossberg, Bushmaster, and Daniel Defense. And who does he think he's going to shame them in front of? This is another thing. The Democrats' political prospects are dwindling down to nothing. They're a, they're a little candle that is quickly running out of oxygen. They don't have popular support in the United States, period. End of sentence. They do not have support in the United States. So who does he think he's talking to? I mean, he's not going to convince me. He's not going to convince any other thinking human being on the face of the planet. Well, let's go to this next one. Philip Smith. 
president of the National African American Gun Association. Yes, there is such a thing. And let me tell you, folks, I'm going to start this right off with a fact. The much-hated, much-demonized NRA, National Rifle Association, was founded, founded by Republicans to protect the Second Amendment rights of blacks in the South so that they might defend themselves against the KKK, which was founded by the Democrat Party. And the Democrats have been opposed to the NRA ever since. So, Republicans founded the NRA to protect blacks, and the Democrats founded the KKK to victimize them. National African American Gun Association President Philip T. Smith spoke before the Senate Judiciary Committee Wednesday. This is the same one that Dick Durbin started out his ridiculous statement with. And told them that 21st century gun control is a throwback to 19th century black codes. That is a fact. And it is for the same exact reason. Smith told the committee that NAGA is, I'm, I'm assuming that's how it's pronounced, is a pro-Second Amendment, pro-constitutional carry, and pro-black firearms organization with no apologies. And I'm assuming by black firearms, he also means M16s and AR-15s. Because quite frankly, folks, let's talk about the Second Amendment for a, for a bit. This is true. The Second Amendment was made so that, the only reason it was written was so that the people of the United States could defend themselves against their government. Should their government go awry, as ours has. That's what the Second Amendment was founded for. So the Second Amendment absolutely meant that we should have the exact access to, at least access to, the exact same weapons that our government has access to. This, There's no question about this. This isn't even up for debate. Smith recalled black codes that were used throughout the post-Civil War South to prevent black Americans from owning guns and being able to defend themselves. He said, the goal of these laws was to keep the black community under control and defenseless, and that is the goal of gun control under the Democrats today. It was the Democrats back then, it's the Democrats today, and their reasoning has not changed. He said, today in 2022, restricting American citizens from purchasing firearms has the same effect and intent as the Black Codes of 1865, the end result is people, especially black folks, are unable to secure a gun, which leaves them vulnerable. To me, that is unacceptable and un-American. Smith also highlighted surging gun ownership among black women, saying black women are coming, and they are coming in large numbers. Currently, they are the fastest group of new gun owners in the United States, and I'm proud to say they are the backbone of the National African American Gun Association. 
during COVID, there was a huge explosion of gun sales. And what was really great about this explosion was the fact that these were all new gun owners. A lot of these people, former Democrats, new gun owners, hundreds of millions of guns. It is leveled off, apparently. It started to level off, which is good news. The reason it's good news is because that means production can catch up. The people of the United States of America, the gun owners of the United States of America, comprise the largest freestanding army on the planet. We are the reason that the Democrats are going to fade into obscurity. We are the reason that our citizens are not being rounded up and thrown into concentration camps. And we are going to be the reason that this globalist Great Reset fails. Through all of the 20th century and into this one, the single country who has stood between a one-world government or has stood in the way of a one-world government has been the United States of America. And we are still doing it today. And we have fewer and fewer and fewer allies each time they try it. That's what this globalist Great Reset is. This was their big push. They were going to create their globalist government, a globalist, Marxist, socialist government, a utopia. But they can't do it. And the reason they can't do it is because the United States has not fallen and the United States will not fall. And the reason the United States will not fall is because we have guns. We not only have the ability to hold off our own government, we have the ability to hold off any army on the face of the planet. No military mind in this entire world, no rational military mind in this entire world would think of trying to invade the United States. They know what would happen. It was best said by a Japanese admiral, I can't remember his name right offhand, when the concept was brought up. He said, no, I wouldn't do that. 
And when asked why, he would he said, because you would find a gun behind every blade of grass. And he was right then, and he's right now. This is why the Democrats are fighting so hard. This is why they're fighting so hard to disarm us. Because if they can disarm us, then they can have their global one-world socialist government, which has been their dream forever. Now we'll go back to the first headline that I read, but it's the last one I want to address. First off, the concept that a good guy with a gun could not have stopped the rampage. This is disproven instantly by the Indiana mall hero who stopped the shooter in 15 seconds. And you know what's funny? Just to, as, as, if, as if I needed further proof of my point, the Democrats are reviling the hero who stopped the shooter because he stopped the shooter. They're saying that he was in violation of the mall policy against weapons. What about the shooter? What about the guy that was going to murder a whole bunch of people? What about him? Was he in violation? Thank God this guy violated the mall policy. I am opposed to any place that does not allow law-abiding citizens to carry guns. I don't even think that guns should be prevented in schools or hospitals or polling places because law-abiding citizens don't break laws and law-abiding citizens with guns make sure that laws don't get broken. We're going to get to this a little bit later and talk about the Uvalde situation in another segment. But I want to bring up a point here. The police do not have a duty to protect your life. You, the individual, are responsible for your own security. You are responsible for your family's security and protection. The police are not. The Democrats will say, oh, the police will protect you, while at the same time saying that the police are evil and hunting down black people and killing them by the thousands, which is not true. Which is it? Will the police protect us, or are they a bunch of psychotic murderers? You can't have it both ways. And when seconds count, police are minutes away. And in many parts of the country, police can be upwards to an hour or more away. When that bad guy comes kicking in your front door, 
with the intent to do you and your family harm. You don't have time to wait for the cops. You need to drop that bad guy. And let me tell you this too, just coming from a professional standpoint, when you shoot somebody, you shoot to kill. This is why if you own a gun, you better be trained with it to make sure that you shoot what you're aiming at. You hit the person that you intend to hit and you kill them. Dead. Make sure that there is only one story to tell the police when they show, finally show up. Anyway, another quick point I want to point out from this headline here. The mayor said, Highland Park mayor said, and an armed good guy could not have stopped the rampage. How does she know that? It never ceases to amaze me, and this goes back to a biblical point as well, how leftists believe that they can speak reality into existence, how that they can speak the truth into existence just by their sheer will. They are indeed the children of their father, Satan. Because just like him, they desire to be like God. They desire to be their own gods. Where they think that they can speak reality into existence. Only God can speak reality into existence. Humans most certainly cannot, especially humans that stupid. And let's not forget the logical fallacy that this person is, this mayor is bringing up here. She's, she's, well, let's get down here. While speaking Wednesday before the Senate Judiciary Committee, that Dick Durbin opened up with his lies, Highland Park Mayor Rottering suggested an armed citizen Engaging the July 4th parade attacker would have meant more carnage. Ladies and gentlemen, this is another thing that the left are famous for, and that is logical fallacies. This particular logical fallacy is called... Wait a minute, I had it. Uh, relative deprivation. Relative privation. This is the relative privation fallacy. Or this is also known as the it could have been worse fallacy. This is the same fallacy that they use when they say, oh yeah, I did get COVID after I got the shot, but the shot made sure that it wasn't worse than it could, or, than it could have been. It could have been a lot worse if I hadn't gotten the vaccine. This is... This, they're making the opposite point, but it's the same fallacy. Here she's saying that a, an armed citizen 
engaging the shooter would have created more carnage. They're talking as if armed citizens would just go around pointing at any old thing and pulling the trigger and hitting a whole bunch of other people. There's only one shooter. You're only going to point your gun in one direction. And that's at the bad guy. So no. This is a logical fallacy. Relative privation. It could have been worse or would have been worse. No. The only reason they want to take your guns is because they want to remove your ability to defend yourself from them. And one more quick point, and this is a point that I'm going to hammer home a lot. When people say, oh, but you're, you're just, you're talking about, you know, standing up against the, the government of the United States. No. Per the founding documents of the United States of America, the government of the United States is we, the people. Those alpha hotels up there in Washington, D.C. and in the various state capitals serve at our pleasure when they start Breaking the laws. When they start violating the U.S. Code, the Constitution of the United States, especially the Constitution of the United States, they cease being a legitimate government and per the Declaration of Independence are subject to being removed They are no longer valid leadership. They are no longer a valid government when they start governing against the will of the people. Ladies and gentlemen, our government has declared open war against us. They are willing to violate the Constitution of the United States. They are willing to violate the laws of this country. They are rebelling against we, the people, the government of the United States. Those people up there are not the government. We are. And they are rebelling against us.
of you watching, pictured next to me is an insect that was the cause of much consternation in my house this morning. What I am talking about is the Texas red paper wasp, known colloquially as the red warrior wasp. This is a bit of a misnomer because this particular wasp, though it is a communal wasp, is not very aggressive. Still, if you mishandle it or threaten its nest, it'll do what it's got to do. From what I understand, Democrats in Texas are still considering stinger control, but I don't think that's going to pass. Anyway, little little timely joke there. Anyway, so Saturday, and this happens to be a Saturday, Saturday is the one day that I and sometimes my wife get to sleep in. I say sometimes my wife, not because I make her take care of the kids early in the morning. No. Uh, it's just that uh, she works at night. And uh, so sometimes she's not home. But today she was. And we both, uh, it, it's rare that we both get to sleep in. And, and we were sleeping in and it was nice, and I think it got to almost 7.30 in the morning. And then all of a sudden we hear a scream from upstairs. And then, uh, so we've got uh, two boys, an 8-year-old and a 6-year-old. The 8-year-old is a mini-me. He is, uh, uh, he's, he's a little Sheldon. Uh, and but he he like me when i was his age um has a phobia of uh stinging insects flying stinging insects um i myself got over this phobia when i was a teenager after i got stung and realized that hey this ain't that bad um so there you go. Well, uh, my eight-year-old has not yet, we'll call him Calvin, uh, has not yet had the opportunity um, to be stung, uh, whereas our six-year-old has actually been stung uh, once or twice. No, wait a minute. No, he, he did get stung, by an, but by another uh, Texas baddie uh, called the Texas Asp. And that's a, that's a different story. Anyway, so I digress, which I frequently do. Ask my wife. So <laughs> I'm just hearing in my sleep just mumbles of what's going on. And slowly I start to, to rise up out of sleep and, and hear that there's a wasp upstairs and that uh, uh, Calvin has locked himself in uh, the downstairs bathroom um, 
and the bug in question, the BIQ, is upstairs in the upstairs bathroom. Uh, so uh, I get out of bed and and kind of I I get the wasp stuff and and go up and and get it and I kill the bug. At first, it's it's a very small one. It's a very small wasp and another very small wasp that we have here in Texas and maybe elsewhere, probably elsewhere, is a very small black wasp, which is called the ensign wasp, like the like the navy uh, uh, rank, uh, the the first officer rank in the navy is an ensign, and the ensign wasp, and we've had two or three ensign wasps in the house. Ensign wasps are very, very good wasps. If you find one, you want them around. Um, they don't sting humans, or at least they're not known to sting humans, but what they do do is they lay their eggs uh, in um, cockroach egg sacs. And when the larva hatches... It eats all of the cockroach eggs. And so this is a bug you want around the house. And, and the the wasp that I ended up spraying and killing was very small, and I thought it might be an ensign wasp. Anyway, I, I uh, identified the body um, in, the, uh, uh, in the damage control assessment mission and found that it was actually one of these bad boys, uh, but it was a nymph. For those of you unfamiliar with the stages of uh, insect development, you have egg, um, pupa, or egg, larva, pupa, nymph, adult. So a nymph is kind of like a teenager. So we had a teenager red wasp, and... uh, we had a teenager red wasp, and red wasps, you, you, they those you kind of don't want around, but as long as they're outside, they're okay, actually, because they operate very similar to honeybees. The males, uh, they're very beneficial to have around, and and again, they're not aggressive. The, the males, or I'm sorry, the, the adults, uh, eat flower nectar, goldenrod being their favorite, and in flitting from flower to flower, they pollinate the flowers, much like honeybees do. Along with that, they feed to their larvae uh, caterpillars. So they're very beneficial. They go, they'll, they'll help your garden, they'll help your trees, uh, and, and so forth. And so I'm thinking, well, doggone it. We must have a nest somewhere close to the house or on the house. And this little guy got in, uh, when we were bringing in the groceries or something like that. So I look outside in the front door and sure enough, uh, we have one of those really annoying and I freaking hate these things. The, the, the entryway when you walk up to the front door, there's a, an entryway, an alcove, uh, vestibule, I don't know what you call it. But the, the ceiling to this vestibule 
is 20 some odd feet in the air. Which is where they decided that they were going to place the porch light. Okay? Now, how, how the am I going to change that thing? That's the first thing I want to know. But the second thing I want to know now is how am I going to get that wasp nest down? How am I going to get that wasp nest? The maximum range on wasp spray tends to be 20 feet. So we're pushing it here. Anyway, my son, Calvin, the one with the phobia, it was it was hysterical because he's very rational, very logical, um, and and he's still learning how to control his emotions. So he's not quite as Vulcan as I tend to be. Uh, but he he went around the house to make sure that when I when I informed him the wasp likely came in when we left the door open at some point. He went around the house and he locked every single door. And not just the bolt locks, because, you know, wasps can sometimes defeat those. No, he locked the the little switchy locks on the, on the doorknobs, too. <laughs> and... The the one that got that that got me was when I went to get uh, to uh, what was I doing? I was oh yeah, I was taking out some cardboard trash to put it in the green recycle bin, and I went to open the garage, the door to the garage, interior door to the garage. He had locked that too. We have a cat door from having previous pets. That, you know, if the wasp can't manage to turn the doorknob, it would probably be able to get in through the, you know, pet door. One would think, you know, because of those all of those doorknob turning, uh, lock picking wasps. So I've decided I'm going to rename this wasp to the... Uh, to the uh, Texas lockpicker wasp. We're just going to call it that. So I thought I'd share that cute little anecdote today for you all because it was just funny and adorable. But we're going to go to something next that is not funny or adorable. It's downright satanic. We're going to talk about the Biden administration's, and it's it's not Biden's administration, I know that, but for lack of a better term, that's what we're going to call it, because he is the dupe, he is the sacrificial lamb, he is the fall guy for the for Barack Obama and, and the staffers that are actually running this country via his self. Anyway... He has bent the knee to the uh, sexually deviant crowd in the uh, LGBTQ 
E-I-E-I-O-M-O-U-S-E crowd. And in doing so, he has in his administration one, two moderately high-ranking officials uh, who are sexual deviants. One of them is a so-called transgender woman, and the other one is, I don't know what it is. Uh, I refuse to go into their pronouns and all of that kind of garbage, because I will not participate in their delusions uh, as a medical professional. Before all of this insanity occurred, I was trained that you do not indulge the patient in their psychoses, a psychosis being defined as a break with reality. If you are a biological male and you imagine yourself to be a female, that is a break with reality. And this is just from a purely scientific point of view. I am not coming from, and well, even from an emotional or mental point of view, doing this or believing these things is deviant behavior. It is deviant thought. So here we have uh, somebody dressed in an admiral's uniform. Uh, I'm assuming this is for the health service. And this person refers to himself as Rachel Levine. Uh, let's see, assistant health secretary, Rachel Levine. And gender fluid pup handler, Sam Brin Brinton of the Department of Energy, Department of Energy being a uh, an unconstitutional and unnecessary department. Uh, uh, anyway, both dudes are in, a, are in dresses. But that's not what I want to talk about here. It is kind of what I want to talk about because these people are psychotic, these people are insane, and these people are occupying high positions, relatively high positions, I suppose they could be called upper-middle management positions, in our federal government. And they are making decisions that are opposed to the will of we the people. I'm making this assumption because they are part of a leftist administration and also unconstitutional, illegal leftist administration, but we're not going to get into that right now. Either way, the real president of the United States, Donald Trump, who has up to this point been operating uh, what has been referred to as a shadow government, already has plans for folks like this, and already has plans for folks like those in upper middle and upper management in the federal bureaucracy. And they are brilliant plans. Yesterday it was announced that the Republican presidential ticket for the 2024 race has already been picked. It just has not been announced yet, although... 
Rumor has it, according to this report, rumor has it that Trump is planning on announcing that he is running in 2024 prior to the midterm elections. And a lot of people are making, you know, a lot of people are trying to make analysis of this decision as to whether this is a good idea or whether it's not. And I've heard pundits that I uh, respect. Uh, Some say it's a good idea. Some say it's a bad idea. Both lay out their reasonings. I don't care. I don't think it matters because if he runs, barring some amazing cheating, and, and we're talking cheating far beyond what the Democrats did during the last election, barring some amazing cheating, oh my gosh, uh, Trump's going to win, and he's going to win in phenomenal fashion, amazing fashion might even be historic. So, word has it that he's going to announce prior to the midterms. I have not given any thought to the effects of this on the midterms because I don't care what the effects are on the midterms. I think the the midterms are also a fait accompli anyway. So I'm not giving it much thought. At this point, what is important to me is this kind of thing, and 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 it's called Schedule F, as in Foxtrot. Anti-Trump, and I'm quoting here from the story in uh, the Gateway Pundit. Anti-Trump. Far-left thugs and criminals from inside the DOJ, FBI, and White House wreaked havoc during President Trump's first four years in office with their running coups and constant leaks and lies to the American people. All of that is true. The D.C. deep state leaked hundreds of times to the press during President Trump's first four years in office. All of the weeks, a majority that were untrue, I, I think they mean leaks, all of the leaks, a majority of which were untrue, were a deliberate attempt to destroy President Trump and his administration. That statement, too, is true, but I want to point something out here to the Gateway Pundit. Listen, if you want people to take, and this includes me, your publication seriously, you'd better have an editor. Nothing annoys me more. I'm sorry, that's not true. Lots of things annoy me more. (laughs) Those of you who know me, very few things annoy me more than reading a story, uh, a news story, that is supposed to be factually based and you can't spell correctly or your grammar or punctuation is wrong. Gateway Pundit, if you want to be taken seriously, fix it. Because let me tell you something. I didn't know that was there. I didn't know that was there. Had I known that was there, I would not have used this particular story. Because that's just unprofessional. 
It's unprofessional, and it points to something that might be factually flawed. I know that 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 is a bit of a logical fallacy, but still. You want to be taken seriously. Get your stuff together. Get it straight. All right, so, you know, I'm not going to use this anymore because it's unprofessional. But I am because I did hear from another source yesterday about this situation, so I'm just going to riff with it. Here's the story. Trump, apparently during his previous administration, signed an executive order. And the executive order was called Schedule F. The reason it was called Schedule F is because it changes the employment status of thousands, tens of thousands, maybe even hundreds of thousands of federal employees from their normal schedule on the employment table to Schedule F. What this does is it strips them of their traditional employment protections. So you know how everybody complains about going to the DMV or the post office or whatever, and you have one person behind the counter working and eight people in the break room drinking coffee because they cannot be fired? It is damn near impossible to fire a federal employee. Well, guess what, ladies and gentlemen? Schedule F changing their employment status to Schedule F, ends that. Ends it. So now they will be subject to being fired because they work at the will of the President of the United States. They are part of the executive branch. They work at the will of the President of the United States, and the President of the United States should be able to rid himself of them if they're a bunch of treasonous sons of biscuits. Sons of biscuits and gravy. By the way, I make great biscuits. Just saying. I make some really, really great biscuits. Uh, I like to bake. I like to cook. And, And maybe I'll share some of that on my locals page or something or gilded or both anyway i am on locals and gilded by the way it is at doc bryant in both cases everybody has a standing invitation to come and check it out Uh, excuse me for rubbing my nose so much folks but it's north texas and man allergies are just awful this year So, as I was saying, they have been, the federal employees have been changed to Schedule F. And guess what that means? That means that when Trump comes in, instantly he is planning on ridding himself of these people. There is going to be a bloodbath. These folks are going to be fired en masse. They are going to be gotten rid of, and rightfully so. 
rightfully so. These are not only the people, because again, Trump isn't the actual target, folks. We who voted for Trump, we the people of the United States, are the actual targets. This is going to accomplish two things. First, it is going to get rid of malefactors who have been operating against we the people and against Trump specifically for a long time. Even before Trump came along, these people were operating against us, against we the people. Why? How? Because their sole purpose became amassing power, and wealth unto themselves. Same reason we need to have term limits in Congress. We need to be able to get rid of these people. We need to lose these people, both in Congress and in the federal bureaucracy. The federal bureaucracy needs to be cut down as well. We need to get rid of the unconstitutional departments of education and energy. And along with that, the Environmental Protection Agency needs to go. But once we are able to fire these people, once these people are able to be gotten rid of, well, guess what, folks? All of a sudden, I believe customer service will become a really big deal to them. The next portion of Trump's plan, and it is already apparently uh, being carried out, is that the people who will be fired, of course, especially if they are upper middle and upper management, they're pretty important to operation. Well, many of them might not be, but anyway, a lot of them are going to be need uh, are going to need replacing, and doggone it. He's working on that, too. They are apparently already recruiting for positions that will be vacated once Trump has become president again. So this is good news, folks. This is good news. It's It reminds me of the movie Walking Tall and the remake Walking Tall, which was also pretty good with Dwayne Johnson. And uh, where he he runs for and wins sheriff of the county and he walks up on his first day in office and the old sheriff steps down, hands him the keys to the office and says, I want to tell you that I can personally vouch for each and every deputy here uh, and their integrity, etc., etc. And the... Incoming sheriff looks at all of the deputies that had served under the previous corrupt administration and says, thank you very much, I appreciate that, and looks at all of them and says, you're all fired. That's what needs to be done. This is something that bothered me when uh, Bush, when W came into office, and he kept all of the Clinton people on board. When Clinton came into office, he fired everybody. He fired all kinds of people. 
I remember him firing like 99 or 100 U.S. attorneys and replacing them with his own people. If the Democrats did that, how come the Republicans never did it? I'll tell you why. The reason is, at first I thought it was just because the, re, the, the, the Republicans were just stupid. They were stupid and weak-minded and, and just wanted to go along to get along. That's what I thought it was. Now I know that's not the case. The real reason is because the Republican establishment people like Bush, like Cheney, are part of the system. They were a pressure release valve, a political pressure release valve. When the Democrats are in power, they push as hard as they can to the left, as fast as they can. And when the people get tired of it, they vote the Democrats out. And then the Republicans come in, and the Republicans, the entire time the Democrats are in charge, talk about how they're going to do stuff different. But that's all it is. It's all talk. They're still doing it right now. Go on Twitter and look at the Republicans. All they do is complain about what the Democrats are doing. They don't say anything. Of, they don't actually do anything about it. They just complain about it. And so when the Democrats actually, or when the Republicans actually come into power, they pretty much leave everything that the Democrats had done as is. They might, you know, knock it back a little bit for show, but ultimately they don't make any actual changes. They don't make any real substantive changes in the direction of liberty for we the people, because they're not in service of we the people. They're part of the problem. And they putz around and they pretend. I mean, just remember, like when the Republicans uh, uh, got in control and they were, they had all, the whole time been talking about how they're going to get rid of Obamacare. They're going to get rid of Obamacare. They're going to get rid of Obamacare. And they took the House. Well, we can't, we can't do anything because we don't have the Senate. Then they took the Senate. Well, we can't do anything because, you know, we don't have the presidency. And then they had the presidency, and they still didn't do anything. Why? Because they had no intention of doing anything. Because they're part of the freaking problem. Well, then Trump came in, and he started kicking some serious butt. And they weren't ready for it because they thought Trump was a joke and they thought Hillary was going to come in as she was supposed to. And Hillary was supposed to help usher in the Great Reset. But when Trump came in, all of that went to pieces, which is why, by the way, we had foreign intelligence agencies helping the uh, former Obama presidency and Hillary Clinton and her machine to try to topple Trump because he was stopping the Great Reset that they wanted to happen. Republicans are part of the problem. But now we are in control of the Republican Party or we're getting control of it really freaking fast. And it's all because of what Trump has done up to this point, and it's what he's going to do when he gets back into power. Because another target of his, ladies and gentlemen, and this is the part that warmed my heart the most when I heard about it. This is from a report uh, from Axios, by the way, uh, the, the original report that has been cited by the a uh, fellow I was listening to on YouTube yesterday, Dr. Steve Turley, and the one that is cited in this flawed report from the Gateway Pundit. It's an Axios report. 
Another major target are the rhinos. The rhinos need to go. The Republican Party needs to be cleaned up. It needs to be turned into an actual opposition party, one that will really, truly stand up for we the people and stand against the liberal globalist left. That's what we need. And ladies and gentlemen, if Trump gets into office, that's what we're going to get. Oh, I did mention, just just an aside, a PS here, a postscript, the Republican ticket, which has ostensibly been uh, solidified, Trump DeSantis. Enjoy, liberals. Start panicking right about now. Imagine your new bathroom, a sparkling new tub, a modern shower conversion, a seamless new wall, all done in as little as a day. Introducing Bath Fitter. Join over 2 million customers delighted with our one-of-a-kind remodeling process. No demolition, no mess. Guaranteed for life. Installed in as little as a day. Book a free in-home consultation at bathfitterpodcasts.com and get our best offer of the year right now. Bath Fitter, 35 years of better bath remodels. 